Huh? What? One hundred. One hundred. You never know until you know. Yup. Correct. Start it. Go. Uh. I'm coolin', coolin', igloo. I'm never moving, statue. Lessons with my G, and then I'm chucking up the deuces too. That life is over. Done. Cold shoulder. Covered in this jacket, and that's how you know, you know I'm coolin'. Woo! Ah! Yes! It's time. T Pro Knox. The podcast. We had a one podcast streak of no by the ways. <laughs> and then we we got a little too like too cocky super fast. <laughs> we let the, the, the eight followers get to our heads. Seriously. So my big by the way, which I got multiple things wrong, Elton Brand. He went to Duke and he was the first overall pick in nineteen ninety nine. Ah, pause, pick six. <laughs> <laughs> Eli Manning, oh. being Eli. He's so inconsistent. I know. Uh. Oh, and the other thing, Tala being inconsistent. Matthew 22, 36 through 40, whenever I quote the two greatest commandments, it's always Matthew 26, or Matthew 22, 36 through 40. I always get that wrong. I don't know why. It's like uh. my favorite scripture that I always get wrong. It's all good. What'd you, know, you get wrong? I couldn't say the word revolutionize. I still can't say Revolutionize. It's revolutionized. Huh. I believe every time I said revolution, revolutionized, I was saying revolutionized. Ah. So I need to figure out a way to fix that. Revolutionized. Maybe we can have a game. speech therapist or speech oh. program sponsor you for all that? you aspiring podcasters. Speech and language pathologist person. <laughs> we what? need you. You don't. You see the, that after saying that title like that, you don't need it, bro. Revolutionized. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe. I, I need it. <laughs> uh, we have a great podcast for you guys here today. Happy December. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy this is our last podcast for 2016. That's right. What's been your favorite thing about doing this podcast before we roll into our first musical break? I like that we got better, I think. And I just like the fact that we're doing it. I've always wanted to be part of a podcast, and I get to say I am, and I get to hustle, but hey, check out my podcast, <laughs> T-Pro Knox. I like that. You know, I would say I like talking sports, and you're one of my very few friends that I can actually talk sports at a very yeah. high intel- intellectual level, so there's a platform, and it's just a good excuse to hang out with you, Yeah. and it also got me to upgrade some of my studio equipment, True. so True. not only does it help me with the podcast, it helps me with my other recording. So it's easier to talk sports than D and D. Yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, so we ha- we have primarily a lot of football and basketball. Just to be honest with you guys, it's kind of the two sports going on right now. Baseball, there's no season. Does anyone watch hockey? I don't know. No. No. <laughs> Not in America anyway. True. It's Canadians though. True. Actually, I'll shout out to Midwest. They watch a lot of hockey. So before our theme song which you'll get from the very beginning what our theme is when you hear the first song I have for you Knox this fantastic utilized product that is fantastic for organization helps me think clearer helps me be smoother and I'm guessing when you try it I guarantee you will not be able to leave home without it Knox 
You know what, T-Pro? I did try it, and I couldn't leave home without it. I was so disorganized, and I just couldn't figure things out. Do you know what? I noticed. Once I got it, it was perfect. But every time I left home without it, not perfect. Game over. Game over. Kind of like our, well, our Thursday Night Football 14 zeros looking yeah. like in the first quarter right, right now. Philly over New York. Like four minutes in. Four minutes. <laughs> you know, oh, shorter than how long it took for Luke Walton to stay in the game against the Kings. That's true. Uh, but more, more of uh, Kings versus Lakers and sports come up after this musical break. Please enjoy. Trap carols, hot fire. Love it. This, this is the season, right? It is the season. And when when best to listen to Christmas music only during Christmas. That's true. Let's hit it up. Let's get it. Our first quick hit. Las Vegas has a professional sports team now. The NHL has added the Golden Knights. Knox, is this the star of a trend? Yes, I believe so. I don't know if it's going to be good or not, but I really <laughs> think that Las Vegas has been really trying to get off this whole, like, hey, we're more than just a gambling thing. So once they start getting sports teams in there, I think it's the start of a trend. Next is going to be the Raiders. I think it will be a trend, but I'm not sure if it's going to be successful because they talk about how they get so many visitors but I don't think that's going to be good for a team. A team does well when they are thriving in their local market. There's only a few teams in big markets that actually make a lot of money outside of their market. So Vegas is going to be hard if they don't get their locals behind their team. They're not going to have much of a market. And most of the money they're looking to attribute their success for is people traveling in and out there. So I, I don't see how that small market team can get outside of their market fans to continue to be supportive enough for them to be financially 
well off. So I don't I don't think the math makes sense. In every game would be every home game would basically be an away game because everyone wants to travel to Vegas to see their team play. So all the away team fans would travel in yeah. as well, like you're so saying. You would get money, but your team will also never have really home games. Agreed. So I was reading the chair paperwork. Seating documents? Seating documents. That's what it was called. That's right. Good people. Thanks for that reminder. I do like seating documents. I just can't say their name. Hey, us. What do they say? Joe Theismann says that any GM who trades for Romo should be fired. Fired. You agree? I do. What? <laughs> you didn't you were expect, you were expecting what that? I, he's an old, crippled up quarterback. He's not giving you much time in the league. He has maybe a year or two left. And he costs so much money. You have to inherit that contract. It's a horrible contract. Now, if you're a team in contention, I still don't think he's not going to be on the field for 16 games. If you pick him up, you literally have to like bench him for like till like week ten or week twelve in order to get anything out of him. I think it's a bad idea. I agree with Joe Thyssen. Wow, shocking. I don't think I don't think I will disagree, and I'll tell you why. This year, if Romo is the starting quarterback, the Dallas Cowboys would have won the Super Bowl, but he's not, and so they're not going to win the Super Bowl. That would have been a guarantee I was been willing to make easily. Now, with that being said, though, the team that trades for him is going to need to be a team that's perfectly ready to handle an aging quarterback and the tailing of his career that is looking for a Super Bowl to really cement his legacy. Hmm. Didn't that just happen in February? I believe it did happen. Are you trying to say the Jets are going to be the new Broncos next year? I'm saying the Broncos. I'm saying the Broncos. Saying the Broncos. Again. Again. They have a great defense. Yes. An unreasonably great defense. And they would be good. Another actually landing spot, which, I mean, he wouldn't win the Super Bowl there, but it would, might put him in playoff contention, is the Texans. Because the Texans have everything but a quarterback. You know you were just saying that on the way here. That was yeah. very true. I agree with that. So, put him in a situation like that. Yeah. Put him in the Jets. No. You know who, you know what would help the Texans if they swapped Osweiler and Romo? That would help with the salary Ooh. cap. <laughs> oh gosh, that's the next topic. Ooh, but you know what though? Did you see what happened at the Cavs game? I I did. I love it. Jr. Smith goes in, sees his buddy. What's up, man? What's up, Jason Terry? Hugs it out. Forgets that he's. You know, on the floor. Registered on the clock. Uh, what happens? Breakaway dunk by the guy that he was going. So, after the end, he blames it on his alter ego. What? Do you think he needs a drug test? That is an automatic drug test. Right there. That is, NBA has the right to do random drug tests, and that is random enough for me to get him drug tested. I'll let GR I, I agree with his stance if he was a political figure talking about no no shirts i'm perfectly okay with that but he needs a drug test that constitutes a drug test test the homie <laughs> just test the homie man so recently 
uh, primetime game, we had the Colts versus the Jets. Ah. Was this a good win by the Colts or a bad loss by the Jets? No. No? <laughs> nope. Not a good win for the Colts. The Colts were expected to win that game. And they went ahead and they lost the next game anyways, which they needed to win. It's a, it's a not a bad loss for the Jets because halfway through, they switched it and threw Bryce Petty in there. So mm-hmm. they, gave, they basically punted on their season, punted on that game. So not a good win for the Colts. I'm glad the Colts won, but they were supposed to win. Bad loss for the Jets. No, because Bryce Petty. I heard that the Jets were more favored. At least the sources I was having, people were yeah. media-wise were kind of like stirring up the Jets, and this was like a trap game. <laughs> and I would say the reason why this question was in here was because there's some games you watch them, and it doesn't matter the expectations, how the teams played, you can tell, oh, this one team played really well, they deserved the win. And there's other times where like this team was the better team, but they lost because they did X, Y, and Z to lose it. Almost yeah. kind of like the Kings Jazz a couple nights ago when the Kings were up by four, and then they let Joe Smith shoot a three-pointer, do it up by one, and then Ty Lawson misses both free throws. But luckily, there's only eight-tenths of a second left in the clock. So that was the time that the Kings would have lost that game. The Kings would have lost that game. So this is the scenario in which the question was asked. That's why I say it was a bad loss by the Jets. The Jets were doing everything, like you said, putting in backup quarterback. Young guy wasn't experienced. And kind of how that defense play was just super inconsistent. Not really getting much pressure on luck. So, I say bad loss by the Jets. I mean, they lost. They had a chance to win. And they were like, nah. Okay, that's where you're coming from. Speaking of bad losses, though. Aw, man. Mr. 500. Gone. He was not 500. Gone. Yeah, he was like. Under. 250 or something <laughs> like that. Not even. But man, gone. You got as their next coach. First of all, that's not a bad loss by the LA Rams. That is a good move by the LA Rams. <laughs> is it? Yes, it's a is it? very good move. I'm not sure if I will have done it during the season, only because. Thank you for looking at Peyton Manning's, not Peyton Manning, Eli Manning's stats, one for six, one yard, one interception. Nice. Ooh. Ooh, get a run, though. What did get out of the field? Anyway, so getting back to your question, LA Rams, that was a very good move. They should have at least kept them on for the rest of the season. So you could have been the most losingest coach, but you couldn't even be the best losing coach. That's how bad he is. That's how bad he is at winning. He can't even win at losing. So, I have two working theories. One of them is the fun theory that everyone wants to hear. Big name, big splash, drama, blah, blah, blah. And I have a second working theory that I think is actually going to work. The first theory is I like Sean Payton and Drew Brees from the Saints going to the LA Rams. Like a, like a sign-and-trade? Exactly. Drew Brees, in his years, he has a lot of wisdom to instill in a young Jared Goff. You also have Sean Payton, who's an offensive-minded coach. They already have a good enough defense, people say. People say it's a good defense. I say it's good enough. So that combination would be work, and he's a big name, and it's L.A., blah, 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 blah. As a sports analyst and as a person running an organization, I don't care about things like that. Probably why 
fans would not want me to own LA-based team because I wouldn't care about that stuff. I just care about winning. The real working theory is you need to find an offensive coordinator. He's doing really well. Maybe Kyle Shanahan. And the only other offensive coordinator that I can think about, maybe for either the Steelers or the Vikings. Daly? I think so. Okay. Or uh, the Vikings offensive coordinator. Uh, and pick him up. All right. First of all, here's a here's a thought. Now, is is Mr. Five Hundred? Did he pick a bad time to get fired? Or did he pick the right time to get fired? Because if you're Mr. 500, you don't want to be the, the coach with the most losses. You just want to tie the coach with the most losses. Because guess what? Now there's two of you. As in a 50-50 split. Or a 500 split for the most losses. What a genius move. Put that down. That's why he's the best. <laughs> winner. Winner. All day. I feel like if I give him a dollar, he would give me 50 cents back. I think so, too. Because that's just the kind of guy he is. And then he'd walk away and be like, oh, did you see that? But here's what I think. Realistically, um, if I'm going to go with a, with a fun pick, um, I would actually like to see... Fun pick... I want to see um, what's his name from the from Texas Tech, the Texas Tech football coach. Not Bob Stoops, that's the Oklahoma coach. Yeah. The other guy. Uh, Cliff, Cliff something or other. Yep. Don't, Cliff. Don't quote you on that. Don't quote me, but his name's Cliff, I believe. Cliff. Maybe, maybe Cliff Kingsbury. Get old Clifford. But I don't remember. Get Cliffy in there. Sounds good. Yeah. Throw Cliff in there. Hollywood, LA, you're gonna want a good looking coach to go with your really bad, good looking quarterback. <laughs> you know, get Are, it all going. Is this the there. coach that did like that really wide split offensive line scheme and read that spread offense? It might have been. Okay. But he's also, I believe, ranked as like one, if not, I believe, number one as the hottest college football coach. Oh. For her Quote me on that one, because that's false. <laughs> So, uh, but realistically, um, I think I'm going to have to agree with you. It's going to have to be maybe not an offensive um, coordinator, maybe an offensive line coach that also is an offensive coordinator. He mm-hmm. kind of helps call some plays because they're going to need to work on that line. And they're also going to need to work on their offense. Their defense is good. Defense is top. I, I just don't think so. Really? Aaron Donald and the guys that they actually have, they can't be good. I, I, I right give guy. you that. Yeah, I they can right be good. I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that one. Word. Now, I'm going to ask you this question. Notre Dame. Woo! Sean Kaiser, Woo! quarterback, Woo! says he's the claim for the draft. Woo! Junior, coming out. Where will he be picked? And where does he deserve to be picked? I think he's going to be picked in the third round, but he should be picked in the second round. And he's going to go to a team that already has a quarterback that they can develop a little bit. But if the quarterback gets hurt, they can throw him in there and maybe like five or so games in or something like that. So I'm thinking that second round, he'll, he'll get picked. 
or he should get picked in the second round. He'll probably get picked in the third round. And I think I'm going to go with a team like the Giants. They could use some time. They could use a quarterback to really mold. Or an even better team that I think would be suited for him is the Saints. can learn under Drew Brees, ah. work the system, get it going. And if for some reason Brees gets hurt because he is getting older, he's got some, he can come in maybe game you know, week five, week six, and actually step in. There. So, Week five? Yeah. Five weeks. That's all he needs. He needs five weeks. Man. I smell a Notre Dame fan. What? You know no. what else? You know what else I smell? What? I smell a little bit of Jimmy Clausen. What? I really think he's going to get picked in the second round. I think he's a fourth or fifth round pick. Oh, my gosh. Why? I just don't think he his talent is gonna translate to the pro game. I think he's gonna need he'll be a better quarterback if he sits for two or three. He's got intangibles though. Costin didn't have intangibles. Costin that's that's why like I didn't I didn't arm. smell I didn't smell his play necessarily, but I think he's gonna end up being like Jimmy Clausen for different reasons. He's I'm gonna not, be in the league. I'm not saying he's it, gonna though. get his He's gonna try, you know, get on his team. Everyone's gonna be excited. And after his rookie year, your second year in the league, people are just gonna forget about him, and he's gonna end up like the third stringer for like the Bears or something like that. Wow. Conrad's gonna bat Barkley even a little bit. No, I don't see that at all. He needs he, he needs a good year of sitting. And that's what the Saints would provide. But you said he'd be ready week five. He would not be ready week he would five. Be, they, they could throw him in week five if they need it. If for some reason Breeze got hurt, they're like, oh, we've got to put in untested rookie Deshaun Kaiser. I think he would be fine. He wouldn't be great, but I think he would be fine. It'd be Pick City. <laughs> First, I'm, I'm going to say I, I don't think his, his arm, his throws, I mean, they do kind of a pro-style offense. I'll give him that. Yeah. Give Brian Kelly that. He comes he, Coming from a pro style game. I'm not sure if he can make those. I'm not sure if he can do that five, ten yard out route. I'm not sure if he can throw corner routes under safeties above corners as much. He can. He he's got the he's got the arm for that. The, the five the strength. Five, the, 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 five, touch. the five ten yards. Yeah, he doesn't have the strength. But if you're talking like ten yards out, he's got the strength for that, and he can he can lay it out perfectly. The problem that the the, just said the Colts, problem that Notre Dame was having was that he couldn't really make those like. Okay. Fair enough. We have to agree this way. We'll see what happens in the draft. Yeah. Because we are going to have an awesome draft preview podcast next year. It's going to be killer. Well, I'm definitely, really, honestly, in February at my dad's house, I'm going to record all of the draft combine because I love watching that <laughs> stuff so much. And I'm going to come back and we're going to come back the analysis in March or April before the draft for our podcast. It's gonna be great. You know what isn't great? What? Brocky O. <laughs> Brocky O. Woo! Man, it took Houston long enough, right? Am I right? I mean, jeez. How much longer could you take a limp noodle arm quarterback and ride him to, you know, seven and six? Woo! They put in 21 Savage, the rapper? Yeah. What's up with that? Doc got benched. <laughs> Thoughts. Alright, I was joking. They actually put a rapper. They put in Tom Savage, their quarterback backup. <laughs> what is up with that? Uh, I think you're a coach that's probably getting pressure from upper management, asking why aren't you winning now? Mm-hmm. And 
to prove his point that, hey, it's not me. I didn't sign this quarterback. He threw in the back of quarterback. And the back of quarterback played well. And when you're saying things like money doesn't count when you play players and everything, that is a coaching decision. And he's a coach who's making coaching decisions. So, of course, he's going to say that. He doesn't mean anything. The team may not agree with that, but he's the coach. He's making those decisions. I'm not against it. I think it worked out well. Now, I will respect the risk it takes. Because now you're almost like, okay, upper management, I won with the backup quarterback. It's not really my fault that we're losing, though we are winning the division. So good move on his part to make himself look good. Are they? But they're they're not losing. That's the problem. Like, I it's it's not a we weren't we were losing with Brock Osweiler. They they were still seven and six, and they were they never they never trailed in the division. They were always first in the division. So is it really that they were losing with Osweiler, or was it really that they were winning without Osweiler? That I like that. That's a very good point. That's very well said. Yeah, they they. They wasted money. I mean, like seventy-two million. He's getting. He's getting wait, wait, wait. Like twenty million right now. Wait, 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 wait. You said seventy-two million? Yes. Because I heard a report saying there was a robbery from an organization right. Houston of seventy-two million dollars. Yeah. Local man. And are you saying robbed. Brock Osweiler? He paid seventy-two million dollars. Yeah, I, I think he robbed them. Oh my gosh. Why? Why is he not on the news? Like, where's? Where's, where's the, the police? Coverage? Where's the police I on this? I know where he's gonna be. <laughs> I know where he's gonna be at Sunday. Is there a Crime Stopper tip line that we can <laughs> like be like, hey, nine one one? Hey, I need to get a hold of Houston Police Department. I found the seventy-two million dollar thief. Next on True Crime. Ooh, I like it. Or you know, Houston finally returning their defective seventy-two million dollar merchandise. Oh, but you know. Now, Roger Goodell, what do we do with this? That's right. Now the only thing is I need I need a couple scenarios now that Brocky W got bit. I'm gonna need a lot of things to happen. You had it correct, it was Brocky O. I wrote it round wrong in the rundown. Oh. I meant to say W. You did? Yeah. I said Brock O did I say Brock O W or Brock E. At first you said Brock O and then the second time you said Brock W. Oh, I meant to say Brock O W, not Brocky W. But since Brock O.W. got benched, now, you know, Savage, he did a good job. But who did they play against? The, the Jaguars? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know who we else beats the circle, Jaguars? Circle that as a W. Very true. Every time. Every time. Every time. You know, one of the two wins came against the Colts. But I'm not going to say anything. Say what? I don't even remember. <laughs> But, you know, I think here's a couple scenarios I need to happen. So let's just make sure this happens. Houston loses out. Tennessee loses next week to the Jaguars. I just said. <laughs> I know what you're talking Jaguars about right now. I know what you're coming up right now. Okay. And then Tennessee has to beat Houston because if Houston loses out, Tennessee is out. Tennessee just is 9-7. First place in the division, right? Oh, but wait. All the Colts have to do is beat the Oakland Raiders and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just. End up 9-7 and seven, along with the Tennessee Titans, who they hold the tiebreaker against. Indianapolis Colts, playoffs, 9-7, and, and South, AFC South champions. Calling it. Just beat the Raiders. Just. 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 I, I mean, 
being the Raiders, like you have to beat the Raiders. That's one thing to say. But when you say all, all you have to do is just yeah beat the Raiders, you're implying that this is an easy task. 31-27, final score. All right, I'll, I will it. quote you on that, whether you tell me to or not. I will quote you. Quote me. I will put this on blasts on Twitter. One. 27. We are almost done, guys. We promise. We're going to get better cool. at the quick hit thing. But, um, but yeah, you talk. You know what? I, I will say about winning. There's only one man in me to talk about when we talk about winning. Because all he does is win. Win, win, win no, no matter, matter what. what. Timmy Tebow. Yeah. A couple updates for you guys real quick. Spring training, the Mets, the Mets guy wants him in spring training, so let's see what that happens. I think it'll be more of a media fest than I want it to be, but I'm very interested to see how he hits against major league hitting, I, or pitching. I really do, honestly. Like, I just, I just want to see the development. I want to see how far he's going to have to get in order to get there. I think it'll be a great experience for him. I think him as a character person will be great for that team and that organization. That organization has been close in recent time to doing really well and potentially being a World Series contender. And I think his character in spring training could help with that. And all he does is win. One more day, one more win. New Hells doesn't win though. Johnny Man Football. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that Tim Tebow was with Johnny Menzel. I do too. It could be a good influence type of a thing, you know? Better than Josh Morgan being oh. with Johnny Menzel. Man. So I like the fact Tebow is reaching out. Trying to help other people. True. Because if Tindy yeah. was realizing, I won a playoff game, and so many other quarterbacks haven't won a playoff game, but they're not going to give me a chance, they can help someone else get a chance. Man, maybe Tebow can hang out with Josh Gordon and Johnny Menzel, and they can, like... Josh Gordon. I said Josh Morgan. My bad. Josh, Josh Gordon. Morgan? I said Morgan, but uh, it's Gordon. Dang it. I caught face, myself. Twitter. No BTW for that one. That's right. Yeah, we fixed it on the spot. On the spot. Winner. You know who isn't going to be on the spot for the playoff bowl games? Not playoffs, excuse me. The college bowl games. Christian McCaffrey's not going to be there for the Sunset Bowl. <laughs> and Leonard Fournette <laughs> is not going to be playing for LSU for their bowl game. Is this a start of a trend for college football players? Yes, and it's a terrible, horrible start. It's going to make bowl games pointless, and it's going to be just kind of... Like, who's looking out for themselves to hopefully guarantee them a spot in the NFL? That could not even pan out. I personally think that Leonard Fournette will not be a good NFL player, but that's just me. Ooh. Yeah. So him sitting out is showing me the exact reason why I think he's not going to be. But we'll wait and see. I don't think he's going to be that good. Christian McCaffrey, he's not going to be that good. Like, he's going to be... Like a Tavon, not Tavon Martin. Not even a Tavon Austin. He's gonna Austin, be, thank you. He's gonna be like, um, roll with. Be careful. I can't even think of a name because there's nobody that I can equate to that is just a punt returner. Reggie Bush. May, no, Reggie Bush actually turned out to have a decent career True. as a journeyman, which Sh- is shocking shout, to me. Shout out to the Lions. You know, he's been everywhere, but. I think, I don't know. He's gonna be, he's gonna be, um, you know, punt team, 
kickoff return team. He's not going to be an NFL caliber. So both of these guys thinking that they're going to be great coming out. And I'm not, I'm not throwing, you know, throwing that shade just from what I'm seeing. They're just you're doing your job. They're not gonna be good as a sports analyst. They're not gonna be good. Enjoy your time in college because this is literally the best time you're gonna have playing football or football. unless those boosters are you know hooking you up. But I'm not gonna say. You have some inside information I need to know about. Breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it is definitely gonna be a starting trend. I think they are going to potentially unionize and skip payment and all that stuff. I just don't like the direction for it. I don't necessarily mind the stance they're trying to take. I don't necessarily mind them protecting their bodies. And I even understand the idea of I don't want to give any more air quote free carries. And I do think that most of their teammates aren't bothered by this. I think their teammates are thinking now it's my time to shine because I'm going to get the starting spot next year. That's what the back running backs are thinking for these teams right now. I do agree that the running back position is a little different because there's been statistically proven that there's only so many carries that a running back has. But overall, I don't like the trend. But I also think that the bowl games are already playing. I'm okay with an eight-playoff team system and getting rid of all these bowl games. I think if you're a 500 team, you shouldn't be playing anything trying to say, oh, hey, guess what? We made it through the Sun Bowl. Look how good we did this year. You went... Five and five. I like it. Jeff Fisher can make a bowl game. Yeah. If Jeff Fisher can make a bowl game, I don't think that's a good thing. He'd win half of them every time. <laughs> I like the bowl games because you, you got you got to think of it from a college football perspective. Ninety percent of those guys, ninety percent of those guys, are that's it for them. So why not try to give them an opportunity to play one last game with their team, one last time with their college career to just lay it all down on the line for that. And I think that's what these guys are going to be missing out on when they're missing these bowl games is you don't get that one last time, one last go ahead. Let's get to six. Let's get bowl eligible. Let's get those seniors who after this are going to have to go find an entry level job somewhere. Let them just enjoy it for one last time. Now, as a fan, I kind of like my new things. Like I almost Instagrammed you as Carson went to get past coming out. Use in his own end zone, rolled it out, yeah. Good job, Carson Wentz. So as a fan, I almost Instagrammed you saying, hey, look at seeding documents on their Instagram page as they show National Basketball Development League game highlight. That excites me. So little things like that excite me. So I like the Sun Bowl. I like watching all those games. It gives me something to watch in December when it comes to football-wise, besides the NFL. But from a business standpoint, I don't think they're good. I think it's just a money grab. I don't think they're training the players well. And that's the standpoint in which I am coming at. So I think it stinks. Just like this next product helps you clean up that stench. You know what, T-Pro? Every time I need to get my hygiene on, I have to trust this excellent product. It even gives me... It even gives me joy joy to do this and you know what i legitimately can't wait to go home with it because every time i pick it up from the store and i take it home i'm excited about it i'm always excited when i go out with it because i know i'm getting compliments ah it's true i remember that one time at you know 
overall hard. Mm-hmm. That was a good story. Low prices. Very low prices. Yeah. And people were giving me compliments because of this product. Hygienic compliments. And hygienic helmets are very underrated in our society nowadays. No notices notices your hygienicness. That's a fantastic day. It makes your day. And women will love you for it too. That's right. My wife loves me for it. Amen. Shout out. So go to the website, enter promo code T Pro and Knox. Get it get it going. See you after this trap carol. Ah, ah. I want to share with you real quick right. before we get into our first topic. He's actually about our first topic. Oh. See if he can tell me what it is. It would seem initially as significance, but after a minute, you get an epiphany that this would be a mild catastrophe. To mark your sessions in general wall together. Ah, I like it. I like that. So this has been okay. something that's been trending and talking about. About Demarcus Cousins saying, "I can see John Wall in a Kings uniform." John Wall saying he would play with Demarcus Cousins as well. People talking about this would mild his temper and this and that. And I'm a big Demarcus Cousins fan. I've been quoted on this show quoted. saying that Demarcus Cousins is the best, and he is the best big man. False. Truth. False. Truth. You can say false one more time. You can say it three. I'll say it twice. And so we thought we'd cover that, talk about where he's at, because he's making a lot of news in the month of December. Oh, yeah. He's basically been the NBA (laughs) in the month of December. My issues with this is that he would not calm down because John Wall. I don't think John Wall is like Chris Paul peacemaking mature man that they everyone all of a sudden he's become like oh John Wall would be great for DeMarcus Cousins I don't see where John Wall has made this character change the last time I heard he was complaining about his salary compared to Bradley Beal yeah I also don't think that they would do well with their pick and roll that I think mean, DeMarcus Cousins is great off pick and roll John Wall isn't really that well and I also don't think isolation basketball wins we saw Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook too many times try to go back and forth between, all right, you're going to score. Now, I'm going to score. And that's what would happen with John Wall and the Marcus Cousins. They would just take turns trying to score rather than running a smooth, fluid offense. What they're trying they're trying to see is they're trying to make John Wall and trying to picture John Wall and the Marcus Cousins as Chris Paul and either Blake Griffin or DeAndre Jordan. You can kind of flip-flop. But it doesn't work that way because – Here's one thing that put DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin together. And DeMarcus Cousins is better. You're, you're still on that. You're still on that. There's no way. All right, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. My apologies. So, 
you could put half the skill of DeAndre Jordan and maybe a third of the skill of Chris Paul, and then you might. Oh, yeah. No, not Chris Paul. I mean, a third of Blake Griffin. Shots fired. You might. You might. You might. You might. You need a gunshot for that when you say Shots that. Shots fired, and that's the truth. Hashtag T R U F truth. <laughs> All right? But that's what they're expecting. They're expecting John Wall to come in, and they think John Wall's going to come in and just like not only temper DMC, but like strengthen him. That's just not how it works. I agree. When you look at Chris Paul and what he does, Chris Paul is unselfish, but Chris Paul knows when to take control of the game because that's his thing as a point guard. Also true. And with that, DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin, they both respect him enough to take their roles when it's time to do that. DeMarcus Cousins has never shown that he can actually do that with anybody. So how do we expect him to do it and temper his role for John Wall? And as a super side note, I don't think John Wall has that balance of when to distribute and when to pass or when to take it because John Wall is mine. He's going to take it all the time. Yep. And that's the truth because John Wall, he's, he's got that. He's, He's got the the me first mindset, and so does Demarcus Cousins. And when you have two me first personalities coming out, they're not gonna win games. They're not gonna True. win championships. True. Every single week, every single year, there will continue to be trade rumors and locker room struggles and all these excuses as to why the team's not doing good. When it's obvious that you centered around two guys that are just not built. For team play. And I have been on record thinking, saying that the Kings have recently, with the new owner, not hating on the new owner, but the new owner has not taken a grasp of the problems and had one direction for the team. Vivek goes one direction, Vladi goes another direction, another person has their own direction, the coach has their own direction. No one's really on like the same page. Actually, not like, no one is on the same page. Yep. That's the Kings, and that's been the Kings. In my, that has not been the King. Well, it's been the Kings. Ten years. For ten years. A long time. My ideal situation would be the Kings get John Wall and some sort of salary dump player that the Wizards are overpaying that they don't want. That's a really bad player, and the Wizards get Rudy Gay, Caspi, and Willie Calstein. I know that's not going to happen. Yeah. I know what's going to happen is the Kings are going to have to trade DeMarcus Cousins to Washington. So I'm not even going to talk about that. It's not even worth my time. <laughs> that might actually be a good thing for the Kings. How so? He, I'm, t- I'm telling you, man. Like, they ha- DMC has to get out of Sacramento. He just does. He is He's the root cause. I'm like, I'm being serious when I'm saying, like, you're trying to you're trying to center your organization around somebody that shouldn't be the center of your organization. Demarcus Cousins need to he needs to be that number two, number three guy with with a good with a good point guard, but it's not with John Wall. You know, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of another team that might actually be a decent fit for him. Portland would be a good fit for him because him and Dame Dame wouldn't take that. Dame would not take that from DeMarcus Cousins. You're I trying to pull my heartstrings here because you know yeah. I'm a Damian Lillard fan. I know. But I like what the Blazers are doing. I'm like, I need, I need a strong-willed, a strong-willed 
point guard that's gonna be able to put him in his place. What do the Blazers have that would be a value for the Kings? Plumley. Yeah. Plumley for DMC? Not not for DMC, but Plumley and a couple extra guys for DMC, I could see it. Because then then you've got an actual legitimate team when you've got you've got Lillard, you've got DMC, and you've got we would need CJ McCollum. Yeah, we would need CJ McCollum. He would be part of the trade. I, no. Yeah. Oh yeah. CJ McCollum stays. But Plumlee, CJ McCollum, and like two other guys Urkel. would need to be in that trade in order to get somewhat of the value. That's the only problem when you trade superstars. The team that's getting rid of the superstar always loses the trade. Superstar. Always loses the trade. Yeah. Oh no! You're not going that direction, are you? I don't know yet. Okay. I want to. I I can't. Say he's a superstar. Answer me this question real quick. Oscar Robertson, did he win a title with the Bucks? Because I know he didn't. He didn't win one at the Cincinnati Royals. Was he? Was he around the? He wasn't. He wasn't with Luol Cinder. No. Okay. They missed each other. Then I don't think so. I think Demarcus Cousins, not quite, but he'll be comparable at the end of his career if he stays with the Kings all the way through. To Oscar Robertson as a great player, a great talent. Just wasn't able to get a championship. Wasn't able to do it. The circumstances weren't always around him for it to be correct. Mm-hmm. And Oscar, I know Oscar Robertson is a reach. More like a better Charles Barkley. Yeah, give me give me a player that was was a good player but a terrible person on the court. Then then like like Charles Oakley. <laughs> not, no, no, not, no, 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 no. Charles a Oakley was a thug. Charles Oakley. So was is the Marcus Cousins. I'm telling you. He has a thug mentality. I'm not sure DMC, DMC has DMC's, street cred DMC's, like that. DMC's thugging. And that, that's fine. He but acts like a thug. I mean, he pulled yeah. Scottie Pippen aside one time exactly. after a broadcast. He's DMC's thugging. I can't say Oscar Robinson because Oscar Robinson was oh great, you know, they great person. Him as a person. Oh great person. No, yes. I would. Say I'm talking about career. Oh, I'm talking about only career. Only I, I'm career. not playing person. Person now. I take when I look compare players. When we're talking about stats and quality as like a top level player, I put that stuff aside. We leave their off the court stuff. When it comes to their on court talent, I leave their off court antics. But that's the problem. His antics are on the court. All the technical fouls, all the ejections, those are on-court antics. So I'll it's like say one of those this. things where it'll be like, yeah, he he, he could have been a good player if he didn't step in front of his way. If he didn't get in his way every third game. I don't see him. I don't see technical fouls keeping him from scoring 55 points. As well as he's, if you want to find a player with on-court issues to compare him to, he's better than Rasheed Wallace. Who I really enjoyed watching Rasheed Wallace. But guess what Rasheed He's has? Technical fouls? No a lot cha- of technical fouls. No championship? No championship. <laughs> I will say, DeMarcus Cousins, better post player than Rasheed Wallace. Better jump shooter, but, but close. They Their jump shot from range are comparable. I think DeMarcus Cousins at the end of his career will be a better defender than Rasheed Wallace, but Rasheed Wallace is definitely on the rest of for his defense. I think they're both really good at rebounders too. Yeah, but I, st- I just and Rashid was thugging a little bit. Rashid was thugging. 
especially for his also other stereotype for being really, you know, California relaxed, you know, herbal based relaxed rumors that he had. For having that stigma against him too, he was very like tense. Yes, he was. A little too tense. <laughs> I think they're all lies. I will say this. I think I still believe he can be considered if he's not the best big man according to some <laughs> a top three or top five big man and he has this issue this reputation this character that's affecting his ability to keep himself on the court which i do want to quote this phrase i really like i found on drome an analyst there said what's well, the best ability availability so with him affecting his availability to be on the court and to play for his team, he, he's doing this great, and that's an issue. Imagine if he didn't have that issue. I think he'd easily be your favorite, your favorite Knox. If only, if only. Talking about if onlys. If only everyone in America were to get this next product, we'd be so much happier, so much smoother, so much more positive on our outlook for everything that's been going on in 2016. 2017, this is the product for you to get to start your new year right. Listen here, America. America. 2016 started with a gorilla. Rawr. 2016 ended with Trump. This product True. will make 2017 better for you. No matter who you voted for. Do you really want to remember 2016 the non-sports side (laughs) i don't neither do i i do not so get this product don't leave 2016 without it there's a website because we have they're offering for the first week after christmas two-day delivery for free just enter the promo code pro and knox we'll be right back after this awesome christmas music Singing the songs we love to sing without a single stop At the fireplace where we'll watch the chestnuts pop Into the Christmas season. Uh, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> hey. Uh, okay, anyway, before I was talking about old school rap, you know it is a very old school topic. Yes. What is? The 
professional versus non-professional debates. Every year, there's always that one professional sports team that's honestly really bad. For example, the easiest, your second new favorite team, the Cleveland Browns. Squad, 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 squad. (laughs) Shout out to Joe Thomas, though. Yeah. Never miss a game. Iron Man. Ten-time Pro Bowler. If only Tampa would have won that. Coin toss. Yeah. He could have actually enjoyed his career. (laughs) You know what, though? From what I've heard, side note, I've heard that he enjoys working hard, and he's very hopeful. And I'm like... Man, that guy has to have Jesus if he's hopeful for playing that organization <laughs> for 10 years. And so, like, no, we can do it before I retire. We can do it. <sighs> but what we're talking about, again, the Browns are a great example this year. They're O and 13, 14. You name it, they're that. Do you think they're going to get 0 and 16? Side note. And I think they're going to be. I have to look at their schedule. The 08 Lions. Ooh. They're worse this February, hold us to it. If they're 0-16, we should bring up their statistics and compare them. Yes. Idea for February. Like Check. I like that. But now the Browns are being compared to their local state college team, Ohio State, who is one of the four finalists in the college football playoff. So our topic here is should we be comparing professional teams the non-professional teams is it fair to the players is it actually worthy of it if we actually got someone to do an exhibition game this way what the results be this is what we have our hearts on today there was a there was a browns player or browns fan he uh he had a sign and it said we want alabama i chuckled a little bit and then i thought man dumb is that sign like for (laughs) real we went alabama like that's where you're going with that you're a professional team and mind you in the state of alabama is there a professional football team nope is there a college football team yep university of alabama yep continue exactly university of alabama you university for those of you guys who don't know College. College. 18 to 22 and the occasional 23 to 26 year old. The occasional 36 to 40 year old. That's true. Who still has eligibility. Back. Saw that guy. Yes. But. And, and Brandon Whedon. And Brandon Whedon. <laughs> Shout out. Maybe we should try to mention him. <laughs> Brandon Whedon, you're an awesome guy. But legitimately, like. Drafted by the Browns, that's why he's relevant. Yeah. He's drafted by the Browns. All right. Browns, Browns, and he won for them, which these Browns are not doing. But you know who won last for the Cleveland Browns? Cleveland Browns. Johnny Menzel. J Money. <laughs> J Money. Right. So with or without Johnny Menzel, you're saying that the Browns would defeat, clobber any non-professional football team. It's dumb. Like I don't. I I get the joke, but I don't get it when people start actually legitimately debating could this actually happen let's run simulation how about let's not okay yeah let's take alabama let's take alabama right now t pro yes how many pro caliber players pro nfl caliber players are playing for alabama at this moment at this moment pro players and i'm going to constitute a pro player as someone 
who can get drafted first round, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. Someone who can and make the 53 man roster. Thank you. An undrafted free agent on the University of Alabama. Here, there's offense has 11 players, defense has 11 players. I'm gonna say, their, right? Plus all their bench guys, all them. This year, 2016, 2017. I'm gonna say, 10. There's 10. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, on the Browns, on the Cleveland Browns, how many NFL caliber players? Now we're talking the same thing. Those who could have been drafted by a team. Mm-hmm. Those who are free agents, those who have made a 53-man roster. How many of those guys are pro-caliber players? I want to say one answer, and I want to talk about that answer later on. But right now, to answer your question, repeat the question again for me real quick. How many pro players are on the Browns? There's 53 players on the roster, right? Yep. There's 53 pro players. Oh, Really? Well, I mean, so, they, they have a professional contract. I mean. So they're a professional player. So what you're telling me is mm-hmm. Alabama has 10. Let's just be generous. Alabama has 17. 17 pro players. 11 defensive players and 6 offensive players. Yes. <laughs> now, how many, how, how many of the Browns have again? 53. So there's, a 30, there's 36 extra guys on there that are pro caliber. Good math. Like, yeah. I am a count. <laughs> 36 legitimate pro guys and you're telling me that those 10 those 16 guys from Alabama are gonna whoop are gonna beat the other 53 guys on a professional team it's just dumb it's just pointless to talk about like no matter what Ohio State can have 30 caliber pro players which they don't at max they'll have 22 11 starters, 11, 11 offense, 11 defense. Mm-hmm. Maybe 23 or 24 if you're going to count the kickers. You know? You know, kickers and punters are professional players too. Yes. At times. <laughs> Marquette King and. Um, oh man. I can't believe I'm just slipping. You oh, know and Pat McAfee? Yeah. Those guys are, you know. Good save. Athletes. I've been bad. I will admit, side note. I've been horrible at names tonight. <laughs> horrible at names. Kind of like the Giants defense doesn't have football right now. Anyway. That's totally true. But still, I'll even go like this. Guess what? Hey, Tommy. What? Jalen Hurts. How old is he? Like 18, 19 years old? Jalen Hurts? Yeah. Yeah, he's about 18, 19. 19. Mm-hmm. All right. Um... Quarter, the starting linebacker, let's say starting defensive end for the Browns. I don't even know his age, but about roughly what do you think his age is? I would say the youngest he is because they did not draft a defensive end in the draft this year. Don't quote me on that. I like how I'm stealing your phrase, by the way. Yeah. You need to start saying that more. Our quote. Our qu- <laughs> you know what? Teamwork. That makes the dream work. Yes. So 24, 25. 24, 25. Jalen Hurts comes off the edge, looks to make a breakaway run, meets a 24-year-old pro caliber, like 6'4", 260-pound defensive end, who at this point has already beaten their quote-unquote pro prospect tackle to Jalen Hurts. 
and Jalen Hurts is not getting destroyed and is out for the game? I wouldn't say this out is for that? the game, but he's getting tackled. Like he's he, known. He's not. Sh- he's not shaking that. He's getting owned. He's 19. Now, give me, give me maybe, you know, a 22 or 23 year old quarterback. They might be able to escape that guy. Are they going to escape the second guy? Are they going to escape the third guy? How many guys is it going to take? Exactly. They've got 11 guys that are going to be faster, bigger, and stronger. It's just. It my, blows my mind, man. It blows my mind. Now, I'm in agreement with your argument. My my nuances would be, if you look at a 53-man roster, yeah, out of the 53, you take the top 10 players from the best. I'm talking the best, like maybe top five. So this year, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, I know they don't want to play off, but those top five teams you take their best 10 players, they can outbeat the back five or 10 players of a roster. That's not a starting spot in the in the league. So out of like 53 pro players, there's like 46 legitimate players that are like, yeah, they can fall. 45. That's still more than 17 actual prospects. You have 46, 45 actual pro players, from the Browns are going to smash the 10-15 pro caliber prospect players that may not even work out on Alabama yep. or on Ohio State. So the gap is a little closer, but nonetheless, the pro team's going to smash. A pro team's running a more sophisticated offense and defense. They're more in tune. They've potentially worked together a lot longer too. Players are playing a minimum two years because they have a redshirt year. Yep. And some of these pro players have been together for five, six, eight years. Yep. That makes example. a huge, particularly in football. I mean, I know, I know we're also talking like you take the Nets and play them against Kentucky. The Nets are still going to smash. Okay, yeah, I was just about to say, how many pro bench players, pro players are on the Nets, pro basketball players that would make a roster and just sit on the bench? I mean, I mean, there's 12 players on a roster, right? 15 yeah. with the three reserves. Yeah. So there's 15 pro ah, players. Okay. All right. Um, let's say a couple years ago when Kentucky was just killing, just killing. What do you mean when they're they're still kind of killing right they're now? They're killing now. They're okay. Killing. How many pro caliber players are on Kentucky right now? Three. Three. Maybe. Maybe five or six. And the last two or three are like role players at best. All right. So you've got three versus 12. And one or two of those guys are only getting league because they're tall. Exactly. Because they're skilled. And and then you got to look at, speaking of that, like Kentucky, for example, how many of those guys, remember that one year that um, Calipari had all five of his freshmen go pro? How right. These guys are, you don't just see them in summer league. How many of those guys you don't just see them in the D League? You see three or four. Basically, college 2.0. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Summer League is great, by the way, because oh my gosh. I get to look at those former Kentucky and Duke players, North Carolina <laughs> players, and I'm like, you still out here trying your hardest. <laughs> Good for you, man. Right? Good for you. I agree. That they, I like the spirit of it because you would think. 
they had this big tall oh my gosh i was in the big college and i was this baller and i was supposed to be in the league and now i'm in the summer camp talk about humility but i'm glad they're still going for it because if they're not gonna go for it the guy from morgan state he'd be out there that's right loving that opportunity not to hate on morgan state but they are kind of like a sex rival so yeah well, I mean, Morgan State's always getting that fourth team seed in the tournament, and Sac State's never. So, Who do you think was better in college, E.J. Manuel or Cordell Jones? Oh, that is a good comparison, man. I'm going to go with E.J. Manuel. I think he has a smooth throwing motion. In I college? Think in college. Cordell Jones didn't get the, – the, the issue with your question is that Cardo Jones did not get enough playing time. Okay. With Ohio State compared to the amount of time that EJ got with Florida State. That's the only reason why I don't like this question. Because if you give Cardo Jones the same amount of games in the same amount of years as uh-huh. EJ, I think Cardo Jones is better. But EJ got more time, more exposure, and Cardo Jones like won that big game or those big couple games. Yeah. And then, you know, then he got benched for what? Braxton? Braxton, Braxton Miller. Braxton Miller, thank you. No, Tony Braxton. That was a singer. Yeah, Cute. Tony Braxton was a pretty good. Sorry, singer. I mean I know where her mind's at. My bad. And <laughs> chop her vocals in. <laughs> okay, but um, you know, and and then look, he's not even quarterbacking now. I don't think Braxton Cardale? Miller. No, or Braxton Miller. Braxton Miller. No, he's a he's a wide receiver. Yeah, and and then Carlos Jones got drafted, person. and then not doing anything with him that frustrated me. I did not like how that went down. You kind of hit a sore subject a little bit. Really, a little bit. Well, I was, just, you know, I was a Cordell sitting, Jones guy. He's sitting third string behind EJ Manuel for the Bills. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was on a northeastern team. I didn't. Yeah, I thought he was on the Giants. To be honest, they're both nah. blue and red. Okay. So he's a he's a he's a scout team quarterback slash third string quarterback for the Bills. But in college, both those guys were amazing, quote-unquote, great quarterbacks are going to be awesome, quick starters type of thing. He might only got benched for, you know, and, and let's take a look at Reggie Bush as well. Yeah. Another, which, I mean, huge fan of Reggie Bush. Loved how he played in USC. Here's the thing, though. When he came to the league, he realized that 25-year-old, that 28-year-old defensive end, yep. those 24, three years in the league, Mike linebackers, nasty linebackers, um, all the new, you know, the blitzing schemes that they had. He couldn't pick, he wasn't necessarily a good blocker. No offense. He yeah. just wasn't a good blocker in college. On top of that, he couldn't block in the pros and he couldn't just outrun everyone. He couldn't just go from one end of the field, be like, oh, I'm going to run back 10 yards and get yeah. there. Nope, couldn't do those awesome plays because you know why? Because you know who the worst defenses are in college? They are the worst defenses in college. Exactly. Compared to the worst defense in the pros, there's over 100 college football teams in Division One alone. Yeah. And compared to only 32 pro teams. So I think even then, you can still have a bigger wide gap. But even the worst college football team does not beat the best high school team either. I'm willing to even take your analogy and take it that much deeper. Well, yeah, once again... The, like the worst we're, we're talking about one. 15, 16, 17, 18 year olds, yeah. or even all 18 year old high school kids, Are maybe a couple 19. Yep. 21 year olds. Yep. 20, 21, 22 Fact. year old guys. It's like, for example, this is not college, but you know, the White Mamba, Tyler Scalabrine, um, in the NBA, 
people were talking so much trash like on on a sports talk show so he's like all right come down everybody meet me beat me in the game of one-on-one and so he played one-on-one against average joes who thought that he was just he just got lucky to be in the league he was not that good mm-hmm. he whooped them i believe the final score was like 96 to 96 10. To 96 10. To 96 10. He killed him. And this was, you know, though I mean, of course, it's the white mamba. But take that aside. Like, there's a reason why these guys are professionals and why we're not. You know, they, they've got the skill, the dedication. Even the best athlete that you're going to find in your neighborhood, no matter how good he is, he's not going to beat a professional player. I think a lot of people underestimate not only the experience that once when you've been in the pros, mm-hmm. you've played against other pros, yeah. and that makes you better. Yeah. But the sophistication as you move up, think about your high school or any sports high school playbook in basketball. Look at Kwame Brown's a great example. He got goes straight out of high school to the pros and goes up to his coach, and the coaches draw up plays. And Kwame Brown kind of like, you know, when the puddle breaks and he goes yeah. up to his coach and was like, coach, I'm a little confused. And the coach is like, what do you mean? Like, well, we only had like six plays in high school. <laughs> you're like, you only had six plays in high school yeah. as a high school, like phenom. And now you're playing against 30 year olds who are in their physical prime, 28 year olds in their physical prime. Yep. Players have been five, six, eight years in the league who know zone defense who know triangle who know high post who know flare screens and understand the nuances of when to switch and when you know like all those things half those things i'm talking about come second hand to them and you're talking about an 18 year old playing with guys 10 years or older yeah and you only know six plays like who says that's similar to college like in college basketball you probably have like 12 plays or 15 plays and and maybe you have like 25 and it's more of a feel rather than a you know you have broken up options option one two and three based off what the defense is here there is a lot more reactionary sophisticated so this new thing that they're doing which is they get to the line they they get on the center oh for and then they stop and then they look to the sideline and the card will tell you what the defense what the defensive scheme is and what play you're going to run because of that defensive scheme. So now the quarterback and the running back and the lineman don't even need to understand defensive coverage. All they have to do is look to the sideline and they'll tell you what it is. You're not going to get that in the pros. Oh, heck no. They'll just shift it. They'll audible to do what they need to do. It's kind of dumb. So to that fan who said we want Alabama... No, you don't. No, please, you don't. please, please stop. <laughs> just everyone, just, just stop. It's just, just making me sad now. Aww, I'm about to cry. <laughs> Legitimate grown man tears. You know what's very helpful for grown man tears? What? Our final product of the night. Oh man, you know what? That is totally true. I'm so glad you didn't leave home. Without it, Knox. I couldn't, because if I did, I would be crying grown man tears. Right now. Exact this moment. Prevent grown man tears for non-grown man situations. Yeah. Go to their website. Put in the promo code. T-Pro and Knox. Check it out. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast. Yes. So follow us. 2016 is over. 2017. Oh, 
We're going to have all of our podcasts on, on iTunes. iTunes. And maybe a couple... Of, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to get that zealous yet. <laughs> I'm throwing them on iTunes. I think I've been saying that since like November. So, But I'm going to text you like every single day. I know. And I want everyone to have a safe, enjoying, happy, fantastic, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Remember the reason for the season. That's right. Have a safe New Year's. Do not drink and drive. People are not for hitting. Make good choices. Yep. You drink, you drive, you lose. Don't be like Malcolm Floyd. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Floyd. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's fired. Sorry. Too Merry soon. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. God bless.